Good morning. Welcome to Rock Bible Church. On Christmas? What? Did you guys, I mean, you know there's other stuff you could be doing this morning, right? I mean, there's shiny stuff at home and ribbons and probably good food and I'm guessing no shortage of sugar. All right. No, well, that's right. We do provide sugar here too. Uh, hey, show of hands, who's wearing something they got for Christmas already? All right. Yes. Yes. Good move. Good. Or your whoever gave it to you has good taste, right? Chris, you got to stand up. You win. There was no contest, but you win. Yeah, I'm, I'm, we are glad that you tried to cover up that 49er shirt. Yeah, you just ruined it. You just ruined it. So, uh, I have something that was given to me on too, as well. Uh, and then these here. It's actually sushi, but you can't tell from here. Hey, uh, in all honesty, thank you for being here. There are many choices what you can do on Sunday morning, Easter, or, or Christmas. Uh, uh, and it is encouraging to me that a little church can have an idea. Should we do church on a Sunday, on Christmas? Who will come? You will. Thank you. Very encouraging. I think, I think, I don't, there's no technical information on this yet, but this service might have beat attendance of either service last night. So, very cool. Hey, let's pray. Let's get into this because I'm, I'm on a short time frame because I, I got to get you out of here. You're going to lose attention quick, right? <laughs> All right, it's Christmas. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for uh, what we're doing here. We thank you uh, for baptisms we're going to do in a little bit. Uh, but Lord, we thank you most, uh, most of all uh, for you, simply for you, a God that cares about us so much that you sent your son. You created all kinds of stories, unbelievable, supernatural stories for us to follow. And the two greatest ones we get to celebrate, one of them today, the coming of your son, Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for what that means, for the ramifications on all of life. And so we worship that this morning. Lord, be with us as we look uh, through your word, Matthew chapter 1. Pray it would be a blessing to us that we might go from here and be a blessing to others. And all God's people on Christmas said, Amen. Amen. Hey, we're streaming on Facebook this morning for the first time ever. Congratulations. Um, and we are. We're going we're gonna to baptize six people in a little bit. Hey, if you want help following along, everything's going to be up on the screen this morning. But if you want a pen and a note and a Bible, uh, ushers are coming down the aisle. Uh, you can get any of those. Raise your hand. Just get their attention. Let them know what you want. Uh, and then uh, they also probably have uh, prayer cards. If you have something you'd like us to pray for as a church, uh, we would love to pray for you. Uh, we would love to praise God for something that he's done this year in, in your life. Uh, so write down either one of those, get a card from them, uh, fill that out. And at the end, on your way out, pass by the coffee table, there's a wine barrel there with a prayer offering plate. 
and drop your prayer offerings in there. Uh, and we would love to, as a prayer team and a staff team, uh, pray for you. Hey, uh, is Christmas ever puzzling to you? Or do you know exactly what Christmas is about? Because Christmas is puzzling to me at times. Not so much the story. I've studied it a little bit. Uh, but the, what do I get for her? What do I get for him? It seems like as I get older and the people in my life get older, the buying a gift for them just gets harder and harder and harder. Uh, uh, Christmas gets puzzling for me each year. Uh, I want to talk about a different puzzling, though, this morning. Uh, because we started a discussion last night, Christmas Eve service, in Matthew chapter 1, of a guy named Joe. I call him Joe because then you'll think about who he is and what he did. If I say Joseph, you just you revert into the rote memory of the story that you heard. Uh, but Joe had to, had to resolve six different things in the beginning of Matthew that we talked about last night. It's going to be online later and you can look that up. Uh, but he resolved those things and decided to go with the angel, uh, his commands, and stick with Mary. And then it all happened. Everything the angel said, it all happened to the T. Prophecy was fulfilled and now Jesus is on the scene. Uh, it's Christmas morning and Jesus has arrived. Amen? Amen? So I want us to look at Joe after the fact now. Last night we looked at Joe uh, prior to. I want you to look at, at uh, Matthew chapter 2 this morning uh, with us and we will um, we'll read through that and then uh, take a couple points from it. Uh, Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king behold wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying where is he who was born king of the Jews for we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him now folks if you missed service last night you missed service last night the kids video we showed portrayed that right there better than I ever could and if you missed it, I'm sorry. We can't post it because of copyright laws and the whole thing. Uh, it's just you learned your lesson. Go to church on Christmas Eve, all right? Or you'll miss out on stuff. Uh, but they come looking for Jesus. Uh, side question. Are you looking for him? The way they were looking for him. They had to travel. A lot of stuff went on for them to just be there and show up and ask. Uh, Herod, verse 3, the king heard this and he was what? And all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. Why would Herod, why would the wise men, why would all of Jerusalem be troubled, searching, looking for? Here's why. Uh, we talked about this last night. An angel showed up about 10 months earlier and said, there's going to be a baby. Mary said, that's not possible. See, there's a little bit of math that needed to happen that hadn't happened. Right? We've got kids here. We've got to be careful. What do you think happened in 10 months of her being pregnant, but there being no physical conception? Think that story leaked? I mean, they didn't have Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or all those other social media. You think word got out? I think word got out. I think all of Jerusalem was wondering, is this real or not? What are, eh, what are we looking for? Oh, it's a hoax. Oh, no, I, jo I know Joseph. He's from Bethlehem. He's been, always been a trickster. Uh, all kinds of weird stuff could have come out. 
But the, the question in the back of all their minds was maybe. Maybe this could be. And so that's why they're looking. Uh, verse 5. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, O you, you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search. Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Uh, Anybody buying that? No, we've heard the story. Most of us have heard the story. He wasn't looking to take care of him. In fact, uh, he's going to get rid of all the kids in town when he can't find them. We'll talk about that some other time when it's not Christmas, right? Uh, verse 9, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with how much joy? Great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and what? First response to coming in contact with Jesus should be worship. Okay, little side note, that's a freebie. Uh, it's your first and your second service extra this morning. Okay. Uh, then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And there began the beginning of Christmas materialism. Amen? Why do you buy gifts? To bless other people and follow the example of the Magi. Follow the example of the wise men. That it is better to give than to receive. Now, materialism gets dangerous when we get into the receiving more than the giving. Right? The trick is to focus on the giving rather than the receiving. But we... When, when, if anybody ever tries to play the Jesus card, you know Super Christian, right? Have you met Super Christian? Right? They're, they might be here. I mean, it is Sunday on Christmas. Super Christian goes to church on Christmas Sunday, right? Uh, they might say to you, oh, well, no, you know, Christmas is not, not a true holiday. It's been just messed up with the, it's not the correct date and the da 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 and the materialism and say, oh no 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 we do materialism as good Christians. We follow the example of giving gifts. And 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 beyond that, what is the greatest gift you, gift you ever received? Jesus. Baby Jesus. Right? God with us, showing up on the scene. Not, not to just give us salvation. Not just to give us forgiveness of sin. But to give us life. Give us examples. Be with us. Hang out. I mean, can you imagine being one of the 12 disciples? Or James, Jesus' brother. some Mary Magdalene. All these people that got to rub shoulders with him. The woman caught in adultery. I mean, she got forgiveness. And here a man stood up for her. A woman in a desperate situation. The example of how life is supposed to be is one of the greatest gifts that we get from Jesus. And we get many, many other gifts. So, on Christmas, give gifts. Amen? Amen. All right, should we get back to the story? Uh, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they reported their own, uh, reported, departed. How do you get reported from departed? Oh. Uh, they departed to their own country by another way. Now, when they had departed, 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt. Remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Now, at this point, just a side note, you got to get this, especially if you weren't here. Uh, Joseph is used to getting visits from the angel. Now it's not uh, supernatural special anymore. Now it's marching orders. He's not having questions anymore. It's like now, yeah, I'm, he can't. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this now. Because he came 10 months ago and everything he said happened. Right? So you can imagine that he, he loads up and they leave. Right? Verse 14, he rose, took the child and his mother by night, departed for, to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious and sent and did away with all the male children in Bethlehem in order in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then, uh, then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose, took the child and his mother, went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judah in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the things that, uh, that Israel had a really hard time figuring out was the prophecy of Messiah. Bethlehem, Galilee, Egypt, uh, Nazareth. Well, so confusing. Oh, you know, well, the prophets say it must be inaccurate. We can't trust the word of God because, see, it has contradictions. Right? You know, that's not a new argument. I mean, people love to say that today. But it's an argument they've always had. It's not that the information was incorrect. It's the inf- that the information was yet to be understood. And I love what this happens in chapter 2. By the way, I don't know if you just caught it. But in chapter 2, Matthew resolves all the conflicts of prophecy for Old Testament Israel. He's from Bethlehem. Oh, really? Why? Well, because that's where he was born. But he grew up in Nazareth, so he shall be called a Nazarene. Oh yeah, but what about the Egypt thing? Well, that's because they fled from Herod for a little while. So he brought his Savior out of Egypt. So which one of them are true? How about all? Right? We love the fact that we have a God who can take many different pieces, seemingly incongruent, non-fitting pieces, and makes them what? Fit. Fit. Uh, uh, newsflash, can he do that in your life? Yes. Folks, it's Christmas. I just asked you about the ability of God and can he, okay, reference the omnipotence, the theology of God's omnipotence, and four people said yes. Can he make everything fit in your life? Yes. Amen. That is the value of what we get in a Jesus Christ. 
child on Christmas. Amen. It's why we give gifts. So uh, let's look at a couple things. We're going to fly through these because um, we got to get some people wet. Uh, there's a, the, Christmas is puzzling. Uh, and part of it is the different prophecies about it. But one of the things that, that we need to figure out is, is the different pieces. And here's Herod's piece or Herod's decision. What did Herod do? He fought it. Christ comes on the scene. He hears about the prophecy. There's all the rumors that are going around through town of who this is supposed to be. And verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. I made you say it out loud, I think. Verse 7, when Herod, when Herod summoned the wise men in, secretly uh, in Bethlehem, he said, go search diligently for the child. Why? Well, we found out later because he wants him dead. You know, you have the opportunity to have your own piece of the Christmas puzzle and you could choose the same piece that Herod chose and that is you can fight who God is in your life. You can fight God showing up on the scene in your life. You could fight God trying to put the pieces together so that they fit in your life. Uh, By the way, how did Herod do in the fight? He lost. He's, He's doing much worse than surgery on the fibia on Christmas Day. Right? Uh, he lost that one for sure. Uh, Derek Carr will be fine eventually. Uh, Herod won't. And I want you. Are you with us now? Welcome. That was a loose reference to the Oakland Raiders game yesterday. The quarterback broke his fibula and he's in surgery today. Those of us that believe knew. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, second piece of the puzzle. That could be puzzling for you, and, and it was the wise men's decision. Instead of, they didn't, fought, they didn't fight it, they bought it. Herod fought it, wise men bought it. Uh, when they saw the star, verse 10, they rejoiced, how? Exceedingly with great joy. Uh, they fell down, and what did I say the first response to be in the presence of Jesus was? Worshiped, Worshiped him, and they offered him gifts. There's a lot of people that buy into Christmas. The wise men were the first ones. Hey, uh, any guesses how many times we hear from the wise men after this story? They disappear. They're gone. They bought it. They showed up. They worshiped. They gave their gifts and then went on their merry way. Pun intended. Merry Christmas. Merry way. Uh, you, You can fight it or you can buy it. But neither one of them are a real piece to the puzzle of Christmas. Because I want us to look at Joe's decision. Joe didn't fight it. He, he, he didn't quite just buy it. Joseph lived it. It's very different than buying the story. Liking the story, understanding the story, being able to reciprocate the story. It's how do you live it. And watch this. I mean, there's, what, seven references there, folks? I mean... I got to make an argument that Matthew chapter 2 might be more about Joseph than Jesus. Not in weight, but in references. I mean, Joseph's all over the place, right? Angel of the Lord appeared to who? Joseph. Who took the, and rose and, and took the child and the mother by night and departed Egypt? Joseph, Joseph right? Verse 15. Who remained there until the death of Herod? Joseph. And when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared again in a dream to and he, Joseph, to verse 21, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he, 
Joseph was afraid to go there. He was warned in a dream. He withdrew to Galilee, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth. Who's he? You know, in that verse, you might, if you're just reading, or, you know, if you get the pop-up verse-a-day thing from one of the different services on the Internet, or you got a cool app, awesome, use that. But the careful, dangerous thing is you get one little verse that says, and he went and lived in uh, Galilee, Nazareth. Uh, You might miss that that pronoun actually might be referring to Joseph. He took the child and out of fear went to Naz- and he will be called a Nazarene. Well, he will be called a Nazarene will be about Jesus. But the living in, uh, in Nazareth would be about Joseph. Uh, and it's not capitalized, which means somebody who translated thinks that it should be about Joseph and not Jesus. Because if it was Jesus, they'd capitalize the H. Okay, there you go. A little Bible study lesson for you. Uh, but the distinction has to be made. Joseph's response is unique in the passage. Joseph's response is unique in the story. He's not the wise man, and he's, he's for sure not Herod. He's not only will I buy it, I will start living it. Joseph make any sacrifices? Yeah. Who, who bought gifts for Jesus the rest of his life, probably? Joseph, right? I mean, mom and dad are the ones that provide the gifts. I love that Joseph does this and that Joseph gets top billing in Matthew chapter 2. Because here's, here's the deal. You know what's going to happen from Matthew 3 on? We're going to get maybe one reference to Joseph again. But you need to buy hook, line, and sinker. The idea that Joseph decided to live it. Period. And there was no more need for clarification of his story. For the rest of his life with Jesus, with Mary, in Israel or uh, Nazareth or Bethlehem or wherever they traveled, Joseph was living it. He was following the Lord. One of the greatest problems with Christmas is that we do all the fanfare and the partying, the celebrity and the, and the food and the, and the candy Right, got to do the candy, and then on the twenty sixth we start going back to just whatever. Joseph never got to go back to life the way it was. Joseph now had a mission. He had duty. He had responsibility. He had a calling. He had a Lord, and he got special information. Well, you know, Scott, that sounds really easy for Joseph. I mean, he angels came to him, right? I mean, he lived in Israel of all places. I mean, he had so many opportunities that I don't have. Really? You think that God is done operating that way? I'd argue that God's not done yet. I'd argue, argue that God's actually never done. In fact, I'd argue that God wants to maybe send you messages, uh, give you responsibilities, give you opportunities, give you really cool fulfillments to where the picture comes together. The picture of light and your peace in it has value, timing, meaning. It's clear to where you could maybe explain it to your kids uh, or explain it to somebody on the elevator 
but for sure that you, you could uh, debunk arguments against it to where you have faith that God is real. The question becomes, what's your piece of the puzzle? Folks, that's Christmas. And God's done all the work. He's on the scene. He offers everything. He's proved it. He can take the most complicated, seemingly contradictory things and make them work. Not just make them work, but make them awesome. Right? I used to love when Brett Favre would do commercials. Or he'd do an interview and it's going, it's going to be awesome. Right? It's like, oh my gosh, that's Christianity right there. It's going to be awesome. Amen? Amen. All right, on that goofy note, let's, uh, let's baptize some people. Let's All do right. that. Huh? Let me pray, and then uh, there's a bunch of people. It looks like they're leaving. They're not leaving. They're going to show you that they've decided to live it. Amen? Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this story. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for Joseph, Lord, and the seemingly overwhelming difficulties that he had to face, and yet he decided to do what was right. Each time he listened for you in the direction that you were given, and then he went and he did great things with it. Lord, you you let an average guy be great. You gave him a shot at greatness. You took an average girl and gave her a shot at greatness. And Lord, that's what we want. We want you and we want it to be great. We thank you that that's what you bring on the scene with your son at Christmas. And so, Father, we pray and we ask if there's anybody here this morning who's never decided to live it. They've been fighting it. They've been fighting it that they'd make that decision today. And Lord, there's some that may, they bought it, but they never really lived it. And it's time for them to get to the next level. Pray, Lord, that they would make that decision today. And then, Lord, we thank you for those who have chosen to live it. Some of them for years already. We pray, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen them. Thank you, God, that they're the kind of people who show up on Christmas Sunday at church. Father, I thank you that people call us a religiousless nation, a godless nation. And thank you that at least in this room, in this town today, is not true. You're alive and well. Praise you and your son. And we ask that you would use your spirit to breed more of that and use us to do it. If you're here this morning, you've never made that decision. You can make that decision any way you like. You pray a prayer right now in your own words. But if you needed words, you could say it this way. Lord, I'm done fighting you. And I'm done buying the pieces of the story that I like and rejecting the parts that are uncomfortable. Today, Lord, I choose you. I choose to live for you for the rest of my life. From this day forward, God, be my God. I accept Jesus as my Savior and what he did on the cross. Forgive me of my sin. 
and push me, Lord, to the next level. If that's, if that's you, we want to help you even on Christmas morning when you got places to go and things to do. If that's your decision, come up and see us after service. Come talk to us. Let us help you. Father, we thank you for all these things. And we pray them in Jesus' name. Amen.